On this episode of Cyber Sports, Town and Rico attempt to break down the first round of the NBA playoffs, give our breakdowns and predictions to the upcoming Super Fight between Tank Davis and King Garcia, try to shed some light on who's going number one overall in this Thursday's NFL draft, and do a deep dive into the toxic, tumultuous era of Dan Snyder and the Washington Commanders. Coming up on Cyber Sports. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to Siren Sports. I am your host, Town. Across from me is Rico. It's your How boy. you feeling today, Rico? It's your boy, you know, episode two. I'm excited to talk about what we got to talk about today, so... Oh, if you know anything about Siren Sports, you know we got some topics to cover, man. And they always on point. And we got some motherfucking opinions, too. We got some hot takes in this bitch. I love hot takes. Yeah, hot takes are cool. Hot cakes are good, too, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, man, with some syrup and some butter, some hot cakes, fire. Always gotta have bacon, though, too. Bacon, ooh. You know what? We was talking about some chicken and waffles not too long ago. That shit sounds fire as hell. I need some. Yeah, for real, for real. All right, man. Well, uh, first and foremost, we would like to give everyone a huge thank you for the amount of support and love that we've been getting from episode one. Man, this is just the beginning. So, I mean, we're only up from here. We can't wait to show you what we got in store over here at Siren Sports. Facts. Y'all been going crazy. We've been watching it. TikTok's been blowing up. Instagram's been blowing up as well. YouTube channel, insane. You know, we're going to get up there. It's, it's baby steps. So... Just watch. Yeah. Just watch and wait. We appreciate y'all supporting us, though. That's facts. That's facts, man. And that's coming for, uh, directly from the bottom of our hearts. So uh, before we get into the topics today, I do want to say make sure y'all go follow us on every fucking social media there is. You know, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, whatever it may be. We're on all of them at Siren Sports Pod. Keep up with everything going on, man. We post new content daily, new episodes weekly, and we're going to keep this motherfucking train going. Don't be a hater. All right, Rico. There's been some crazy happenings in the NBA playoffs, man. You know, round one, we had it picked out. We had a lot of hot takes last week on uh, how the playoffs were going to shake down. And, you know, some of it went the way that we predicted. Others, not so much. How you feel about the playoffs? I'm going to be honest. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> Injuries. Yeah. Injuries. Injuries to players you wouldn't expect get, to get hurt are hurt. And... John Morant being out caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. Giannis being out caught me off guard. Now we got Kawhi Leonard out caught me off guard. So, like I said, you never know. The playoffs so unpredictable, but hopefully they can get back healthy and help their teams out because we're getting down to the wire. Some games are going game three. Some of them are game, going game four. So, like I said, let, let, let's see what happens. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's definitely going to be interesting. Okay, so let's uh, let's skip through each series real quick and just kind of give our thoughts. Let's start at the bottom of the West. We got Memphis and L.A. How you feeling about those? You know, that's it, it's an interesting series because the bench for the Lakers showed out game one. And then I, I don't know what happened in game two. And then the Grizzlies just pulled it out. Like They were like, we have to defend our home court. And that's what you have to do. In these playoff series, especially if you're the higher seed, you have to defend your home home court. And for them to at least get one win at home, it helps them. But they still have to go on the road and get at least another win because it's not easy to win on the road. As as a two seed, they should have taken care of their home court in game one. Like, you know, you don't let a seven seed come in and take game one on your home court. It's your job to go in and get two wins in your home court before you have to go travel to theirs where you hopefully get one. And, you know, obviously with the injuries – Stuff's going to happen. I feel like game two was kind of a fluke. Like, you know, you had 
Dylan Brooks talking a big game, and he backed it up. He did his thing against LeBron. You know, it, it takes a lot to get in LeBron's face and be like, you're old. But also at the same time, AD didn't play the way he should have played too. So and that had a lot of lot to do with it too as and well. Honestly, what I chalk all that up to is the Lakers not coming in with the energy that they needed. With John Morant and the amount of injuries that the Grizzlies have and the depth that they're relying on, I feel like the Lakers went in like, oh, this is gonna be easy. We don't need to bring energy. We don't know. Guess what? Memphis brings energy. Exactly. They bring energy. And if you don't match that energy, you're not going to be able to use your skill positions to win that game. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened in game two. I feel like they just got too comfortable with with Jaw being out. But you have to play the way you play game one. They had five players (laughs) in double figures. So, (laughs) like, Hachimura came out going guns crazy. D'Angelo Russell played really good. Mm-hmm. Reeves played very well as well. And then, you know, LeBron and AD, they're going to do their thing. Yeah. But I feel like they just got too comfortable after winning the first game. And then the second game, they're like, oh, okay, we got this in our bag. You, you can't do that, especially on the road. And in the playoffs, the intensity that they bring is, is exactly. going to be crazy. So you have to bring energy. You have to bring the juice, right, Father Juice? You got to bring the juice out at all times. If you don't got the juice, you just don't got it. But if you got the juice... You got to use it every single time. Use it to your knowledge. <laughs> That's right, man. And if you ain't got the juice, you ain't going to win no championship. You ain't going to get no jewelry. You don't got it if you don't got the juice. Before we move on to the next series, how do you see this shaking out? I still got the Lakers. I still got the, I'm, I'm still going to rock with the Lakers. I'm still going with the Lakers on it. I'm not even going to question myself. I'm going with the Lakers still. I feel like they're going to find some way to pull out of it and do what they need to do. They just need to come together as a team like they did that first game. Got you. Uh, five, six, or seven games? I'm going to go six. You're going to go six? I'm going to go six. Okay. To me, it just depends on John Morant. If he comes back, is he going to be healthy? Last I heard, he couldn't even palm a basketball. Yeah, exactly. So and If he comes back, I'm going to say Lakers and six. If he doesn't come back, I'm going Lakers and five. I, I think they. I think LeBron and AD turn it on. Oh, yeah, they're going to they're gonna turn up the heat. LeBron lives for these moments. What yeah, can I say? He definitely does. All right, all right, all right. We're going to jump up to the top of the bracket now. We got the number one seed Denver Nuggets and the number eight seed Minnesota Timberwolves. We pretty much called how this was going to happen. What are your thoughts so far? We called it already. Bring out the broom, you know. I'm just not impressed with the Timberwolves' play. Like, I don't know. They they bore me. And I feel like they're playing against a really talented team, and not all their players that are on the team are playing the way they should be to make the, the series competitive. Like, Anthony Edwards has been doing phenomenal in this series, but Gobert, he's been pretty quiet. Cat. He's yeah, been quiet for the most. Yeah. It's just been a boring series. Like we we knew what the outcome was gonna be. Yeah. The Nuggets have a great team. Like I said, I wanna see them go to the finals, but we're just gonna have to see because who they might face the next round, it's gonna be a tough series. It's, so it, it is gonna be a tough series. Um, you know, we like I said, we called it. We knew this was gonna be either a sweep or a gentleman sweep in the Nuggets' favor. What I didn't expect is for Denver to play the way they've played. Jokic hasn't had to take over any games. Like Which he, has been good. The team around him has been able to contribute. Like, Jamal, that boy is back to bubble version of himself. He he, he, he must be having some good things going on at home. Yeah. You know, bu- Bubble Murray back. <laughs> bubble, if you know, you know. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Yeah, Bubble Murray was something special, man. So it's great to see him contributing at that level again. I think they finish it up tomorrow in four. Get the brooms. Bring the brooms out. Bring the brooms. Minnesota. <laughs> Trash. Trash. All right, man. We're going to jump down to uh, (laughs) this series is something else. Sacramento, Golden State.
Golden State. I have watched every single game of this series. I've loved it. It's been chippy. It, it's everything I wanted in the series. I'm getting right now. Uh-huh. And, and the game, the game last night just proved everything to me. Like seeing the Warriors have to fight to win this series, it's it's just been great because so many people that watch the NBA are very happy with how the Warriors are being dealt. A lot of people are like, oh, they're being cheated out of their games and stuff. And I think a lot of people are just tired of the dynasty. But seeing them in Sacramento just duke it out, it's been such a great thing to see for me. I've enjoyed it so far. It's been great. Yeah, it's, it has been a great series, man. Like, you know, Golden State has played so trash on the road this year. Yeah. It's... It's hard for me to look at it like it's a, it's a level playing field. I feel like they're going to win the home games if they can find a way to win one. One. One road game. They get the series. And I just want to give a shout-out to Sacramento. Like, y'all's fan base has been crazy. Like, seeing it, it just gave me prime, like, 2010 to 17 or 16 OKC vibes, like, the crowd was going crazy, invested, getting loud. They were throwing the players off the game. That is something I like to see. Like, Sacramento, you deserve to be in the spot that you're in right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Sacramento's a, an incredible team. And for Sabonis to get the reaction that he got out of Draymond to get him kicked out of a game, like, that's what cost the Warriors a championship against LeBron a few years ago was Draymond being out of game. So that's huge for a series. Mm-hmm. And the level of juice and intensity that Draymond brings, especially on defense. Like, you need him. Yeah, you, you really do. And to I'm honestly impressed that the Warriors were able to win that game at home without Draymond last night in the fashion they did. Exactly. And shout out to the clutch player of the year, De'Aaron Fox, man. Keep balling out. This man has been yeah. cooking curry in his own shoes. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox is not to be played with, bro. He's an animal. It really is. Straight beast. Straight beast. How do you see the rest of the series going? Seven games. I, I want the seven. You want the seven? I want the seven. I want the seven. This series has been so good. I want the seven games. I'm, I'm just calling it. Give me the seven. Okay. I, I want seven too, man. This now, I will say this. If they do go to seven and it's in Sacramento – Sacramento's probably going to take it. Well, you know, that game seven is in Sacramento if it goes that far. Because it, it's been heated. Like, I, I feel like the Warriors, they can do it. But at the same time, the atmosphere that Sacramento has, and it, it's been amazing. Like, I'm going to change my pick to Sacramento if it goes seven. Okay. I can I can definitely see that. I just – it's hard for me to bet against the Warriors. You said people are sick of the dynasty, but at the same time, you have to respect the greatness. You have to respect the greatness at the same time, though. Yeah. Like, what Steve Kerr has done for this team has been amazing. It is. Yeah. But also, at the same time, you have to appreciate what Mike Brown has done to help bring Sacramento to where they are now. And, you know, this is a topic we covered last week, but if anyone's going to know the ins and outs of how the Warriors work, it's going to be Mike Brown. Yes, sir. I can't put a number on it, man. I just want a good series. Even though, even though I did pick the Warriors to win the finals. Like, if they lose in the first round, I'm not going to be mad. Give me seven games. Yeah. Give me seven. Okay. Seven games. Seven games. Okay. That leaves us with uh, one last Western Conference series that's going on so far. This one has been... This one's been amazing, too. It's been amazing, man, but I feel like we're being robbed here. The the, inj- the injuries in this series <laughs> are robbing us of a great series. Like, Kawhi Leonard being hurt now with the knee injury... Is robbing us. Paul George being out too, robbing us. This has been an amazing series all the way from game one to game three. Game three the other night, Norman Powell and Russell Westbrook carried them 
to stay within the game. They almost won. And then D-Book, what can I say, man? D-Book has been incredible. He has been incredible from game two and game three. He's just been playing lights out. Mad respect to him. What I respect about Devin Booker is he doesn't acquiesce to Kevin Durant. Just because he has KD on his team. He's like, like this is my team regardless. Yeah, exactly. This is my team regardless. So like, like He plays that alpha role. And even with KD there, and like I – the two of them together is an incredible combination. You throw Chris Paul in there. But, you know, I stand by what I said. We're being robbed. We're being we're, robbed. We're, we're being robbed series. of a great series. You know, yeah, Norman Powell and, you know, Russell Westbrook and Bones Highland are carrying the Clippers right now. But we don't give a fuck about the Clippers if it's not for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I, I, I want to see everybody healthy. Like, uh, it, it's, been, it's been hard at times, but also it's been great to see, like, if they can keep this team together and re-sign Westbrook, the sky's the limit on where this team can go. And it's been exciting to see Westbrook and KD battle it out. Westbrook's been getting them on a lot of it, especially that first game. He played lights out defense, even though he shot terribly. But <laughs> it, it, it's been an amazing series to see. Yeah, so, it, it has. Did you hear uh, what Kevin Durant told Russell Westbrook on the court? He's like, chill out, gangster. Chill out, gangster. I don't want no smoke. <laughs> I don't want no smoke. <laughs> look, look, it's been fun. Because, yeah, he's like, hold on, gangster, hold on. And Westbrook's just like, I've been around you long enough to know how you play and stuff, so I'm going to bring it to you. And I, it, honestly, I feel like Westbrook, being from the streets and really being from the trenches, he can smell the bitch on Durant sometimes, you know? And <laughs> he's like, come on, player, come on. And I feel like he pokes and prods at it, trying yeah, to get he, a reaction. Yeah, he, he pokes him because he's like, I've been around you so long, I know how you're going to react. I loved it. I love seeing them compete against each other. It, it's great. Like, I enjoyed seeing them as teammates, mm-hmm. but also seeing them compete, ten times better. Yeah. No, definitely. They both bring that competitive edge to it. And then, you know, the the slight between Westbrook and Durant after the whole, you know, Thunder situation, like, I sympathize with Westbrook. It, it hurt do. so much. It hurt. It hurt a lot. Yeah. I, I'm not even going to lie. I, I felt like something good was taken away from me, and I never recovered from it. <laughs> yeah, that Thunder team was crazy, you know, between Durant, Westbrook, and uh, James Harden all on the same team, man. Like, what could have been? That would have been a good ESPN uh, 30 for 30. Hey, if that happens, pay me. Cause, uh, yeah, don't, hey, don't give us no, no idea. Siren Sports claims fucking ownership of that. Y'all motherfuckers better pay up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, how do you see this series shaking out, man? If Kawhi doesn't get back, it's going to be done in five. I agree. It's going to be done in five if he doesn't get back. I agree. Like, if he comes back, I want this one to go 7-2 because I've enjoyed it. But if Kawhi cannot get healthy, I don't know what's going on. They said he doesn't have a timeable return. If he doesn't get back in time, I, I think it's just going to go five. And then Suns and Nuggets. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's coming back, to be honest with you. like We have to figure out what's going on with these injuries, especially when it comes to the team's uh, – Staff, mm-hmm. like we have to figure out why these players keep getting injured and stuff. I understand he's played like a lot of minutes, but he's missed so much time. Him and Paul George together. Yeah, it's hard when you build a team and injuries just come and derail it. Like you look at Jamal Murray the past couple years, where he hasn't been able to play in the playoffs since the bubble, and he's been hungry, he's been itching trying to get back there to prove that the bubble wasn't a fluke. Whereas from Nuggets fans. It, you're going to have to prove it. You're going to have to prove it. And then that's actually how I feel, too, about the way the Pelicans are. They got great with Brandon Ingram, C.J. McCollum, and then Zion. But Zion hasn't been there to help establish the team. Because early on in the season, they were top three. And then they slipped out to being in the play-in. And I'm wondering, what is going on? For him to keep having these injuries, or does he not want to be there? I don't think it's that he doesn't want to be there. 
I'm just like, we have to figure out ways to take care of these players so they can play. I don't know how to label that. I really don't. Yeah, it's hard to label because I'm just like, it's happened so much. And you've missed more games than you've played. And you're, you've been in the league for three years now. Especially the hype that surrounded Zion. When exactly. Was coming in. Yeah, I feel like we should we could do a whole episode by itself on Zion and his legacy and the hype, what has and hasn't happened. Exactly. And we'll move on to from, from there. So, uh, <laughs> man, the West is crazy. It is. The West is. is crazy, man. All right, we're going to bounce over to the Eastern Conference here. Eastern Conference playoffs have been something, too. Very interesting. Yeah, it's I won't been, even lie. Very interesting. We'll start with the bottom. We're going to take a look at Boston Celtics and the Atlanta Hawks. Boston up two games to one. You know, that game last night caught me off guard. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't expecting Trey to come out and do what he did to help the team win. Because like I said, the Celtics have been playing phenomenal all year, especially with their defense. Mm -hmm. So for them to give up a game, now they're just like, oh, no, nah, fuck that. We're finna finish you off now. Like, we took you lightly, but now it's, it's just game on from here now. Yeah, that's a switch that Boston needs to keep on. Keep like, on. Like, you can't take a game off in the playoffs. At all. Like, you have to keep pushing. You gave Trey Young some momentum now. Mm -hmm. So he's going to go in and he's going to be hot. He's going to be confident. And if he starts busting y'all down and wearing down y'all defense to the point where you're tired and you have to go seven against Atlanta, how does that fare for the next matchup between Philadelphia and Boston if they make it that far? Exactly. It, like, you you know, you're going to go in tired having to defend Trey Young and the monstrosity that he brings on offense. You have to keep the gas on. You have to keep pushing that shit because if not, you're just going to create another monster for yourself. And, yeah, he's getting his confidence now. So now that he's shooting lights out, he's like, shit, I got this shit. Yeah. Like, if I got to carry my team to the next round, I will. Well, real superstars will do that. Exactly. Uh, and regardless of the odds, they're going to carry their team. Exactly. And do you think Atlanta has what it takes to overcome that Boston defense? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I'm still going with my pick on Boston. So I'll give them another win and say that they'll go six games, but I still think Boston's taking it regardless. Got you. Yeah, I think Boston's too much for them. Boston um, is too much firepower. Like, they got six men of the year on the team, Mr. Malcolm Brogdon. They got Jalen Brown, Mr. JT himself. They got a stacked team, Marcus Smart, too, as well. Can't yeah. forget about him. I don't think the Hawks got it in them. They have the firepower to compete, but if someone douses your firepower, what do you have? Exactly. Yeah, I think Boston's taking it. Boston is. I, I think, I, honestly, I relate this back to the Lakers' loss. I feel like you just slept on them. You slept on them. You can't get you too comfortable. You, you was up too well. Yep. Yeah, you didn't bring the juice. You didn't bring the energy, and they did. So what's it really going to be? Exactly. And they're just like, oh, that's cool. Like, we got this or whatever. And then it cost them. But still, I got Boston in six. Okay. I, I, I got Boston in five. I think, I think they're going to take the rest of the series. Let's jump up to the top of the Eastern Conference. Got Milwaukee and Miami tied at one apiece. How you feeling about that? This one has been very interesting. I wasn't expecting Giannis to go down. <laughs> so hopefully he recovers because, you know, that back injury, it's no joke. Mm -hmm. It really isn't. Uh, but I like the series. It's been pretty scrappy too as well. Yeah. Uh, I still think Milwaukee will pull it off. But I'll go six for Milwaukee too. Six for Milwaukee. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a been a series, man. You know, the one thing that we really didn't touch on our predictions was injuries and how that would affect anything. Because you take one player out of a series and it changes the whole. It landscape. changes the whole landscape of the game. And it really does. And Giannis going out and next the, man up. the MVP type season that he's having, like you can't replace that. You can't you can't replace Giannis at all. Like, like yes, it's next man up and you know depth and. You know, build the bench and, 
everything and all the cliches you could possibly throw out, but there's no replacing Giannis. No replacing him at all. Like, if, if he can't come back and come back at a healthy level playing 100%, I don't see them making out of the series. Yeah, I, it's a huge, yeah, it's a big problem. It, if he cannot recover, then the Heat are just going to take advantage of it. Yeah. Like, the Bucks did play very well, though. Without him in game two, they have to bring that to the next game as well. Like, you have to keep bringing that positive energy and working your ass off to win that next game because they played lights out the other day. So it's, it, That's easy to do on your home court. Yeah, it's easy to do on your home court, but away, it's different. So you just, you just got to bring it the whole series regardless. You can't let up. Keep your foot on the gas. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, the team, especially Chris Middleton, they can step up and play big in the absence of Giannis because that, that's what it's going to take. Yeah, it's going to take all that. Yeah, it's going to take everything they have. I know you chose Milwaukee to win the championship. The injury obviously has put a – bit of a roadblock in that. How do you feel this series shakes out? If Giannis returns six games, if Giannis returns six games, them. But if Giannis doesn't return, then the Miami Heat are going to take advantage of that and be into the next round. That's, that's just the way I see it. Okay. Giannis not, being, not playing right now is going to hurt them in the end. Mm-hmm. Like They have to figure out how long he's going to be out for and if they can get him back into the series because it's going to be a big issue without him playing. Definitely. Um, I think this game is or this series is going six regardless. I think if Giannis comes back, it's Milwaukee in six. If he doesn't, Miami in six. Miami has a championship pedigree that without Giannis, Milwaukee's not going to be able to overtake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's how I see that shaking. So, all right, Cleveland and New York. Oh, this one would be interesting too. I'm I'm not even gonna lie. Like Cleveland played the best defense I've seen last night. They are the first team to hold another team below 80 points all season. Wow. All season. Wow. All season, every team has scored above 80 points until last night, which was crazy. Yeah. So Donovan Mitchell and uh, Mr. Garland played a terrible game last night. I, I, I don't know what happened, but this is an interesting series, too. Uh, it's, it's definitely an interesting series. If I'm being honest, I didn't give the Knicks a chance. So for them to be up 2-1 to one right now... Is it speaks a lot to their prowess and, mm-hmm. and their desire and their championship heart. They want it. They want it. Yeah, they, they don't want to lay down and take it. They're going to put up a fight, which I respect the hell out of. And, you know, I'm interested to see where it goes. I I don't think I'm going to change my, my pick. I had Cleveland winning. I still think they win. And I think it's going seven. I'd love to see a seven, too. I ain't even going to lie. Yeah, that was- Get- there's so many games that are good going on now because we're just sitting there. We did our predictions last week when just like – Ah, uh, where could this go? Where could this go? But now we're seeing it actually happen in time. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, w- I want a lot of these games to go seven because yeah, yeah. I'm like, they're, they're, they're so good. Like, you're giving the people what they want. Yeah, so I agree, yeah. Seven games, you know, especially, like, in the later rounds, once it starts going seven, man, it's all. Oh, it, it gets so good. The intensity. I it's just like you have to it. keep watching and, like, let me go get my popcorn real quick. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's going seven. Who you see winning? Cleveland and seven. Cleveland and seven? Cleveland and seven. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you. They'll find a way to win. Plus, it'll be on their home court. There's a reason I saved this series for last. <sighs> uh, <laughs> you have the Philadelphia 76ers up three to nothing over the Brooklyn Nets. But. We got to talk about some shit here. Uh, Let's get this out of the way first. I just want to say this. Brooklyn, what is going on? I I seriously want to know what's going on because you've had, like, a lead in all three games and just let them come back and win. Like, the second half, you just – you've given up. What what is going on 
for you. You've had the games in hand. I, I just need to know. I expected Philadelphia to beat their ass. So that that's not a big deal to me. To me, the deal is the way the refs are handling the entire situation that oh, yeah. happened in the last game. So you have Joel Embiid straight kicking a guy, straight kicking him in his dick, excuse the language, but just gets a flagrant one. James Harden gets ejected. Gets ejected. But you go back to Draymond Green, he gets suspended for a game. Joel Embiid's action was worse than Harden's. He, Harden, it, was Harden, worse, it was worse than Draymond's, if I'm being honest, because we look at it. The NBA sitting there like, oh, we suspended Draymond Green because of his past history. He didn't do nothing wrong in that situation. If you could look, Sabonis had his ankle tied up, too. Uh, no, if, I, if I'm being honest, Draymond G stopped the fuck But he, he did stomp, he did stomp <laughs> him. I will say that. He did stomp him, but I'm like, how do you give him a suspension, but you're not giving... Embiid a suspension. Uh, yeah, Embiid should be suspended. And what pissed me off even more is the fact that he gets on the mic after the fact during the press conference and he talks about how mature he is and how he knows no one's going to fucking get a reaction. You just gave him a reaction. What the fuck are you talking about? You literally kicked somebody in the dick and then had the balls to say that, oh, you're mature and no one's going to get a reaction. Shut, shut the fuck up. Yeah, he's just he's just trolling at this point. Yeah, right? and for Harden to get kicked out, gra- no, you know, granted, with James Harden, there is a history of those types of moves. This isn't the first time that that's been brought to national attention that he's been you know low blowing people. But I view that more as incidental contact than anything. Exactly. For him to be thrown out of that game, Insane. was crazy. Like they, got, the refs got too much of a hold on this series, and it's three zero. Like yeah. let them play. Let them play. You know, I can't say shout out to Bridges for trying to carry his team. Oh yeah, he's been playing phenomenal. And like him being traded, like I said last week, him being traded from the Suns to Brooklyn has given him shine to where he could be a superstar. It, and honestly, it pissed him off. Yeah. Like you know, you're giving your your heart and soul to a team, and they turn around and just trade you to. For someone, obviously, for Kevin Durant. Like, it's anyone would make that trade. But it just lit a fire. It lit a fire in him. But I I feel bad. If they can get some surrounding pieces around him, I feel like that team will be be good. Championship level? I don't know championship level. But they'll be at least. They'll be contenders because they in Brooklyn. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to my Italian folk. But, like I said, still, regardless, at the end of the day, no matter how we see it, Philly's sweeping them in four. They're going to get swept today. It, it's just the way it is. Yeah. I feel like Embiid should be suspended for today's game. They're not going to suspend him. They're not, they're not going to suspend him, but they, he should be. The MVP race, how it's going on right now, he's not going to get suspended. No. But I will say this. He has not been the main focal point in this playoff series. No, he hasn't. Which- Tyrese Maxey has been carrying the team to greatness. When they were down game two, game one, he was bailing him out. He's bailing him out game three. He's been playing phenomenal. Yeah, so, no, Tyrese Maxey's been putting on, bro. He's been balling out. Joel Embiid not being such a huge part. If I was to tell you at the start of the series that Embiid really isn't playing a huge role in this series, you would think that the Sixers are in trouble. They're up 3 nothing. They're up 3 nothing. But how far can that get them is the real question. Until they run into a buzzsaw of the Boston Celtics side. It's obviously going to go four. I think they're getting swept. Get the brooms out. Sweep them down. <laughs> Brooklyn, y'all better start planning for next year because I know y'all going to want to see uh, Philly again. Y'all going to want that rematch. Exactly. Well, all right, that covers it for our breakdown of the NBA playoffs first round so far, man. It's going to get interesting. It's only going to get more and more exciting. I can't wait. Just we still to, got a lot to cover. Yeah. But all right, we're going to move on to our next topic. Let me let me change up the color here. <laughs> Let's go. Mm-hmm. 
Let's go green because there's going to be some money made tonight. Who going to be in they bag? Who getting the purse? We don't know. We don't know who going to win. All right. For our next topic, we're going to cover the super fight. That is Javante Tank Davis versus tank, tank. King Ryan Garcia. The super fight we've all been fucking waiting for. Two superstars, two undefeated champions going toe-to-toe in the middle of a ring tonight. How do you see this going down? I ain't even going to lie. It, it's going to be funny as hell because I've been seeing on Facebook everybody talking about, oh, Ryan going to win, Tank going to win. Honestly, I, I, I see it being a tie. I'm going to keep it real with you. Okay. I see it being a tie because... You're going to bring more money into the fight. The more you keep, like, when they had Canelo versus Triple G, tie. what they do? Do it again. More money came up. Yeah. It's going to tie. There's going to be a clear winner of the fight. Oh, yeah, there'll be a clear winner, but, but, but the, the judges are going to be like, oh, it's a tie. Unless it's a knockout, then the yeah. judges are going to say it's a tie. But I think both of these guys are hungry for a knockout in this fight. Oh, yeah. They've been they've been talking that talk. Yeah. They've been talking talk. They, they've been betting they, uh, they purse at the end of the day. I'm curious. I, I want to watch it. But like I said, the way I see it, there's so much money for a next fight. I feel like it's going to be a tie. If Ryan Garcia wins, there's going to be a rematch. Oh, yeah. If Tank wins... No rematch. He, he don't want it. I already beat you. What do I need to fuck with you for? And plus, he's like, I'm the champ. Well, yeah. I don't need another rematch yeah. against you. It's funny watching the the face-offs for these fights. You know, they're in each other's face. They're talking mad shit. Like, it's it's entertaining. It's entertaining, but at the end of the day, they still respect each other. Though, oh, too, for sure. Yeah, don't cool. don't let the shit talk fool you. Exactly. Like, you know, they're not sleeping on each other's power. They know mm-hmm. what they're up against. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't help but laugh. I was watching this video, you know, preparing for today. Um, Tank put up a picture of Ryan Garcia on his punching bag and he's he's training with that on his bag. Oh wow. Look he said my troll game on a thousand. No, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Talking about this fight, what do you think of all the limitations that got put on Garcia in this contract? I don't know too much of it, but like go ahead go ahead and tell me because yeah like I pay attention to boxing but I don't watch it enough to be knowing like what had to be made for this fight to happen. So essentially, there's a rehydration clause for Ryan Garcia. He cannot weigh more than 146 pounds, 10 more than their contracted catch weight of 136 when he enters the ring for his 12-round fight versus Davis at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. 510 Garcia agreed to drop back down to the lightweight limit of 135 pounds to face Davis after weighing in at junior welterweight, maximum of 140 pounds prior to his last fight. Though he mentioned the rehydration clause as a concession during their press conference, Garcia doesn't believe the cap on his weight will hinder him in fight night. He's changing the goalpost on him. No, you need to weigh this month. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to drop it back down. No, no, no. We're going to move it back. And he keeps changing the goalpost. So I'm surprised this contract even happened at all. What it sounds like is they've taken strategy from when they were with, uh, when uh, Tank was with Mayweather Promotions, and uh, they're using strategy to Tank's advantage to beat him. That That's honestly what it sounds like to me. Because, you know, like in uh, Floyd's fights, his old fights, he used to have set rules from his promotions and stuff to give to the fighter if he wanted to fight him. Yeah, so. no, no, there was definitely rules fighting Floyd. Yeah. And Floyd picked his battles. When you're the champion, when you're undefeated, you set the rules. I just feel like it's it's mind games. Oh, yeah, it's mind games. That That's what Floyd was the best at it. Yeah. So he, he's learned from being in Floyd's promotion that you got to play mind games when it comes to the other fighters because... As much as he wanted to fight him, Ryan wanted to fight him more. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, okay, well, if we're going to fight, we're going to do it by my rules. Yeah, it's, it's a Floyd tactic. Yeah, it's interesting when it comes to boxing because it's not like the UFC where 
Dana White makes the set rules and, like, this is what's going to happen. Like, there's multiple promotions when it comes to the boxing, and you have to go by their rules. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how this turns out. It definitely is. I think the way it ends up shaking out is going to determine what happens next. Yep. I just want a good fucking fight. I want to see some fucking haymakers. He will see blood. <laughs> yeah. All right, so who, who do you got winning then? I mean, you going to make me pick? I got to make you pick. Uh, the people want to hear it. You got to pick. Come on. <laughs> This is what we're here for. All right, man. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Davis. Okay. I'm gonna go Davis, but I don't take that decision lightly. I think at any moment Ryan could hit him with a crazy ass hook that just drops him. Anything can happen in the world of boxing. Two knockout specialists, man, going toe to toe. I can't ask for much more. You gotta love it. Gotta love it. Who are you picking? A tie. You know, I mean, there ain't no ties in this motherfucker. No, there is ties because I know how this works. There's a tie. <laughs> okay, well, if somebody's getting knocked out. Who's knocking who out? You know, I gotta go with. <laughs> Gotta go with Tank. What can I say? Okay. Okay. So what we're gonna do? You know he's a pretty good dancer too. Also, by the way, I I seen his little video. He's in. He's. He's getting it. I ain't even gonna lie. All right, y'all. So here here's what we're gonna do. Since the way this is shaking out, Um, we are recording this podcast the day of the fight. It's not going to come out until afterwards, so obviously you guys will have seen the fight and know how everything's going to happen by the time you see this episode. We are going to circle back next week, and we're going to touch on how everything happened and give a breakdown after that. We will see We will how see. it goes. All right, Rico. This Thursday, this coming Thursday, round one. Of the NFL draft. Of the motherfucking NFL draft. The future is here. Are you excited? I love the draft because, you know, every time Roger Goodell comes out, he gets booed. So <laughs> every time he comes out, boo. And I'm like, you, you, you can't try to turn it down on the TV. I'm like, no matter how much you try to fix it, everyone hates him. Bruh. But that's a different story for a different day. So I mean, honestly, I don't know that it is a different story for a different day because we're touching on a little bit of that later. And Roger Goodell... As much as people hate him, he's the face that just gets the hate. If you really break it down, he just works for the NFL owners. He just gives me Mr. McMahon vibes. Like, <laughs> just like, like, like it's the it's the NFL owners that tell him what to do. It they're, is. They're, yeah. the, they're the ones that pay his paycheck, and he's just the public face to take the heat that they don't want to take. Why do you think uh, the Dallas Cowboys get all these night games yeah. <laughs> in primetime? Nobody <laughs> wants to see that shit. I don't know, bro. That is America's team. Is a, and I, believe me, I hate the Cowboys. America's team. I don't know if it's America's team. It, it's, it's America's team. It's, it's America's team. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. So... NFL draft, this is one of my favorite times of year. I love sitting down and looking at the at the film of all the college. But I don't keep up with college football all that much until they get to the pros, until it's draft time. And the amount of talent entering into the NFL every year, it, it blows my mind, man. And just, it's fun. Just seeing the, the future tomorrow or tomorrow's stars take the stage and get their moment, you know, see them, you know, break down in tears, hugging their mama because they know their life has changed. Did Did they buy their mama a new house and everything? Ah, you love to see it. And they buy their mama a new house, new car, and all their their relatives are mad at them because they ain't giving them money now. Unless you're sitting there sad like Johnny Manziel, like, am I going to get picked? <laughs> Bro, I, I can't help but feel sorry for guys like that. They invite you out, and they literally put a camera on you as it focuses, as your stock is dropping, and they're just you're sitting there checking your phone. Look, Lamar had the greatest story out of it, though. He sat there the whole time. Hey. Stay humbled, and look where he's at now. Superstar. Not, not bad for a running back per, exactly. one, per one NFL executive. But what I enjoy about this draft the most is 
you don't know who's going number one. Mm-hmm. It is a toss-up. So I'm curious to see. Is we going to get a quarterback? Because there's three quarterbacks. Oh, it's, it's going to be a quarterback that for sure. Are going, that say could go number one. So I don't know. How do you feel about that? Who do you think is going to go number one? First and foremost, it has to be a quarterback. Carolina's not going to trade up to the number one overall pick unless they know who the fuck they're taking. Yeah. And what's the biggest drawback on Carolina right now? They need a quarterback. They need a quarterback. I will say that they're crazy, though, because the Bears took everything from them. That trade was insane, but they know what they're doing, so I can't judge them. But hopefully by them getting this quarterback in the later rounds, they'll find other players that they can build around him mm-hmm. because you need receivers, you need linemen, you need running backs. So. Yeah, I, I was not a fan of that trade for the Panthers when it happened. Oh, yeah, they, um, they got robbed completely and were okay with it. It's too early in Dave Tepper's ownership of the Carolina Panthers to really understand like what he's doing or what trajectory they're going on. And obviously he's trying to fix the team. Yeah, But there's – points in times where you don't pay the king's gambit yeah. to move up mm-hmm. like so it's going to be a quarterback honestly i'm leaning towards bryce young i could see that's I, not a bad pick at all i could see bryce young going number one carolina needs a revamp they do and bryce young is a very phenomenal player he played under the greatest college football coach you heard it i'm saying the greatest college football coach that ever exists nick saban a lot of people don't think that he's the right guy for there. But I think long as they match the style of how he plays, they can be very successful. Bryce Young was a very phenomenal player in, at Alabama. Sorry. <laughs> I think regardless who they choose, you know, whether it's C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, or Anthony Richardson, they'll be successful as long as they put in a system in place where they don't put too much responsibility on the rookie quarterback. Exactly. That's how I feel about all three quarterbacks. No matter where they go, if they find a system that works for them and doesn't put all the pressure on them, they can live up to the hype. Yeah. I don't know. There's there's ways that you could lean either way. I don't see any can't-miss prospects at the quarterback position this year. Mm-hmm. It's hard to pinpoint that. I mean, with quarterback, you never know. You, you never know. It's like a hit or miss. Mm-hmm. It like really it's, is. It, and the, honestly, the draft in itself is a total crapshoot. There's a lot of good guys that came out of college that were good. Once they got to the NFL, they just became – a bust. So, or there's players that you never would have imagined that barely got drafted that worked their way up the roster, and now all of a sudden they're all pros. Or that didn't get drafted and they're all pros. Yeah, it, it's a hit or miss, honestly. Yeah, definitely, it's it's a complete crapshoot. You can never put too much stock in the draft. Well, yes, it's nice to sit here and hype it up as you know the stars of tomorrow. Which I mean, it is true. There are new stars entering the NFL, new game changers. Mm-hmm. But to say that it's down to an exact science and every expert out there knows what they're talking about, people can sit there and claim to be experts. No one knows a fucking thing about what's going to happen in the future. Exactly, you are completely right. I will ask you this though, since the draft is coming up and the Broncos don't have a first round pick, what do you think the Broncos will draft first? What do you think we need the most with the Broncos? It's hard for me to still not feel like offensive line is a big need, even though they did just sign Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey. There could still potentially be a weak spot at center. I could also see them getting a pass rusher. Yeah, I think that or a pass rusher, but also corner, because when it comes to size on corner, Artaro's corner is uh, Pat Sertan. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, as, as good as Pat Sertan is, he's, you can't depend on him to cover the Yeah, field. you can't depend on him to cover the whole field. So that's why I'm like, we need more depth and a little bit more height at the same time. So that's why I'm like, oh, I don't know where we go I don't know where we go like, for them. So I'm I'm happy with a lot of the moves that the Broncos made in free agency, but I feel like they should have went out and signed C.J. Gardner Johnson. 
Yeah, that that one we needed that one bad, and especially because Detroit got him for a one year deal. It was like one year, eight million dollars or something. Yeah, like that. and I'm and like, we we had enough cap space to go out and go get him. So yeah, by us not getting someone on defense to help, I'm a, I'm a little disappointed on us not getting him. <laughs> Sean Payton is showing a lot of faith in uh, Caden Stearns to take over that Kareem Jackson role. Oh yeah, I think he'll do phenomenal there because you can see the times where he's gotten to start. And play when Kareem was uh, hurt, he actually played pretty good. Caden no, K- Stearns has played tremendous. Yeah, uh, like in the given the opportunities. Yeah, he makes the most out of it, and he's mm-hmm. learned from two of the best with uh, Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. Mm-hmm. So you know he might have his bumps and bruises where he messes up, but that happens to everybody. Yeah, he, he's going to learn from Justin Simmons more and more each and every week. I just feel like you know pass rusher. Is a huge need. I mean, you can never go bad with running back either, even though they have, yeah. you know, Javante Williams and Samaji P. Ryan. Williams is coming off completely tearing every ligament in his knee. Yeah. Is he going to be healthy? Is he ever going to be able to get back to the bruiser that he was? Yeah, like those injuries aren't no joke. They're so. not. Like, especially, like, you know, you tear your ACL, that's one thing. You tear your MCL, that's another thing. You tear your PCL, that's another thing. But when you do it all at once. It's a long recovery yeah. back, and you have to get that confidence to come back yeah. and be the player that you were. And, like, yeah, you can run, you can lift, you can do all that. But until you take a handoff and you get busted, you're not going to know. You, and, and like, there's no practice for playing football unless you're just playing football. And I will say, playing running back is one of the most dangerous <laughs> positions to play. Like, Getting you're running through holes, and you don't know. Somebody can come through the hole flying, tear your knee out. It's it, dangerous. It's a dangerous game to play. It's many car accidents that yep. you play, man. So, exactly. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of trauma on your body, and it's running backs don't last long. They don't. So you have to ask yourself, like, can Javante Williams come back? Is Samaji P. Ryan, who is also a bigger bruiser back, can are, are they going to be able to carry the load? Or do they need someone else in there? Maybe, Wait, a, maybe I, a speed back. I think we also need some speed mm-hmm. at the same time, too. Because yeah. having a little bit of speed goes a long way. <laughs> so I, I agree. That's where I feel like the Broncos should reach out to somebody like Phillip Lindsay. I would love to see Philip Lindsay come back. I feel like the way they went about it was just like it, it was so fucked up to me because he went from undrafted to back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, first, yeah. first undrafted rookie to ever make the Pro Bowl. Like. Exactly. I feel like they did him so wrong with the last management. He deserves another shot. I think he like, does too. John Elway literally took the stand and said, we're working on getting Philip Lindsay resigned," And then they cut him. Which is crazy. Like, you know, there it just doesn't make sense. And then to go out and sign Melvin Gordon, like I understand Phillip Lindsay has his drawbacks. He is not the best pass catcher. And he's, he's not he's, the tallest running back. No, and he's not the best blocker either. But and, you get something more productive out of him than Melvin Gordon. Because yeah. you obviously seen it. We cut him at the end of the season. He wasn't he was hurting us. The ball carrying and stuff. You've been in the league so long and like I, I love Melvin Gordon. I try my hardest to defend him, but at times like a lot of times, he was hurting us in games that were very close mm-hmm. with the fumbles. Yeah. Like with with Melvin Gordon, that's I, he never endeared himself to me. Like I feel like he was just here for the bag. But like once he got once he got to last year, he's just like he knows the fan base hated him. He's just like, all right, well, I'm just gonna be here yo, for the bag. I'm gonna say this. 
Malvin Gordon, you were right. We can't fucking stand your ass, bruh. Stay the fuck over there. And it pisses me the fuck off that this motherfucker gets a Super Bowl ring after the end of last year. <laughs> it was funny, though, because he was like, I ain't have to do nothing. That that was the funniest thing to me. He was like, I ain't do nothing. At least he's taking ownership for saying he didn't have he didn't do nothing for that ring. So most people were just like, I did what I had to do. But he him, I give him respect. He's like, I got carried. So nah, I can respect that. Nah, I I feel like he was just trolling Broncos. <laughs> I feel like that was, that was his thing. So Malvin Gordon, I hate you with a passion. I, I wish I wish you well in life, but I hope you fucking never play football again. Oh, that's funny. Like, yes. Oh. And, and believe me, I have a feeling I'm speaking for 95% of Broncos country. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to a different topic other than Melvin Gordon. Um, get back to the draft. So Denver has two third rounds this year. Say they traded him and moved back into the first round. What position would you want him to try? Oh, wow. If we did that, honestly, it would have to be a corner. I'm, I'm going to say a corner or another lineman, especially because we don't know if Garrett Bowles is fully going to be healthy this year, too, because he's coming back from his injury as well. Yeah, so. I, I was actually at the game where he broke his leg. And yeah. I, I was sitting two rows, away from the, two rows away from the field, and I saw him get rolled up on, and I said, I, before they even said anything, I go, that's not good. Yeah. That's like, not good. Tackle <laughs> – has been our weak spot. We have to make sure we have great tackles. I'm glad that the Broncos addressed the, t- the tackle situation. Yeah, I'm glad they did. But did they overpay for Mike McGlinchey? Hey, I say you, you roll with it. You got to get what you can get. And Fair enough. He, he's a pretty good lineman. So. He, is a, he is a good lineman. He definitely has his drawbacks. But, I mean, every player does. Every, every player does. Yeah, so. so, I mean, you can't expect anybody to be perfect. When you look at the second-round pick for the Broncos last year, Nick Benito, he didn't play up to the level of a second-round pick. Yeah. And, you know, apparently the Broncos had a first-round grade on him. And we're surprised that he fell that far back in the draft. I need to see more production out of him. I need to see that first-round grade. Because as of right now, you can't do shit in the run game, bro. Yeah, you could pass rush, but, I mean, are you setting the edge? Are you able to stop that run? Are you able to get that running back to bounce back inside? Right now, no. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Especially if Randy Gregory can't stay healthy and Baron Browning's going to need some help. Like, he's still developing also yeah, as well. He, so. he, he is. I'm a big advocate for my team, so I say we at least make a push for the playoffs. But, you know, that's a – different segment for a different day so yeah that's, I'm not, that's definitely, yeah. definitely a different <laughs> segment for a different day um it's hard for me to get like super excited being that the broncos don't have a first round pick yeah but hey it's still draft time still excited to see the future what do you think is the biggest strength of this draft honestly there's a lot of corners that are coming out there really good yeah so I, I would say that and then after that it's probably linemen honestly mm-hmm. there's always great linemen coming out mm-hmm. like the way these colleges produce linemen is insane. Yeah. So I would say that and corner. Me personally, I feel like edge rusher is a huge asset in this draft. I could see I could see a couple really good tight ends going later in the draft. Also some great running backs too. Yeah, there's there's definitely some good running backs that you're gonna be able to pick up later for like especially a team like the Broncos who doesn't have a first round pick. Yeah. I love NFL draft time. I really do. I'm gonna change this color up and we're gonna get into our next topic. It's gonna be our last one for the day. All right, Rico. There's been some major, major happenings in the NFL in terms of one specific team. And I'm talking about the Washington Commanders. Dan Snyder, their owner, has officially agreed to sell the team. Oh, thank God. There is <laughs> there's a current bid in place. It's been agreed to, but it's not exclusive. Meaning someone can come in at the last second and offer more. Money, money, money. Money, money, money. And that's with uh, the Philadelphia 76ers owner, Josh Harris, and his investment group are 
bidding six billion dollars for the Washington Commanders. Oh, so they'll be the highest <laughs> team that, that is the, to be paid for, even though the Broncos just were. But then they were like, okay, yeah. So the six. So after if this sale goes through, which it's either going to be this number or a higher amount, yeah, the they will be the most expensive sale of a sports franchise in history. Where the, you just said it, the Broncos were number two when they got sold to Rob Walton last year for four point six billion, but this shatters that. Yeah, six billion dollars. But you look at the. You look at the history of the Washington Commanders. They are a storied franchise. Like going way back, way back in the day. Back in the day. Back, where... back in the day. You know, they were considered one of the best franchises mm-hmm. before Dan Snyder took over. I was just going to tell you, too, if you look at the time that he's bought the team since 1999, they haven't been to an NFC title game since 92. But also at the same time, ever since he acquired them in 99, they are 164 220 and two. I think that's 27th in the league if I'm if I'm remembering right. <laughs> so you you buy a team. So let's let's go back to the very beginning. Dan Snyder grew up a Redskins fan, turned himself into a mogul, made himself worth you know billions, but and then turns around and buys his hometown team. Mm-hmm. Obviously wanting to recapture. They, they had a loyal fan base, championship history, and flushed it down the toilet. Down the toilet. Flush it down the toilet. I will get this out of the way now. He's like the worst NFL owner I've ever seen. I've really been waiting on to speak this ever since you told me the other day about this segment. What he did for the Sean Taylor Memorial was playing out just disrespectful and terrible. Like You want to break that down for the people who don't know? So what he did was most teams give statues to their best players that they've ever had, retire the jersey and whatnot, but... He puts Sean Taylor's jersey in a fucking glass box with, like, these robot arms and stuff instead of giving him a statue. And you could at least put the statue up in the stadium or whatever and move it for when you get the new stadium. But you just put his fucking helmet and his gear onto, like, a robot mannequin or whatever. Fucking terrible. Yeah, it's disrespectful, man. Sean Taylor, he deserves respect. That was honestly, outside of being a great man, I mean, he was a great player. Great player. And his promising life and his promising career got cut short. So to treat him like that. I, I think that's just terrible from my owner's perspective. It, yeah, for sure. It really is. Like, um, there's, there's a lot to Dan Snyder when it comes to his toxic environment and the culture that he created while the owner of the commanders back then, the Redskins. You go back to him hiring Marty Schottenheimer as a coach. Marty Schottenheimer is a storied coach. Now, granted, his team started 0-5 that year. They finished 8-8, eight eight, went 8-3 and three over the last, you know, 11 games. What does he do? Fires him. He's had a horrible track record with coaches. And this comes back to the people that he chooses to put in his front office. Instead of hiring NFL executives, he hires his buddies. He has his buddies in there playing GM. And you know why he has his buddies in there playing GM? Because he wants to make all the football decisions. Granted, they're in the same division, so they're rivals, of course. But... This man looks up to Jerry Jones. He wants to be that man. He wants to be that dude. Well, it's, it's not working out. For no, it's, it's, not, <laughs> it's not even working out for Jerry Jones. Yeah. So why do you think it's going to work for you? You look at the decisions that they've made. They made the worst free agent signing in the history of the NFL, giving Albert Hainsworth a seven-year, $100 million contract. In, in, in a time when, you know, $100 million contracts weren't handed out like that. Grant, nowadays you get half a billion dollar contracts. That was not the norm back then. 
So for them to give him that contract is not not just him. The MO of the Washington Redskins, I'm calling him that because that's what they were at the time, was to sign aging veterans that were good back in the day, which is where you get signings like Deion Sanders, Jeff George, Andre Reid. You know what I'm saying? So they were just more or less trying to build a fantasy team rather than build a contender to actually do something. Oh, yeah, I remember that because I remember they had Donovan McNabb like at the end of his career. Jason so. Taylor, you know, like Adrian Peterson. Do you know to this to this day it's still going on? So And they have great players on the team mm-hmm. right now. They have Chase Young. They have a uh, Scary Terry. Mm-hmm. But I just don't understand. How could someone be an owner this long and the NFL is just like okay with it? And that's because we circle back to Roger Goodell. It's Roger Goodell's job to care for and protect the owners from any scrutiny. Like they don't they don't want that shit and that's a, that's another thing. This man cannot handle anybody saying anything about him. It got to the point where he was so tired of the radio stations around the DC area bashing him. He went and bought all the radio stations that covered him so he can control his narrative. Mr. Petty. <laughs> Mr. Petty. Mr. Petty right there. there Mr. Was a- Petty's worth. Oh man. There was an article written about Dan Snyder in his toxic environment, and what does he do? He sues the journalist. The man sues everybody. Like, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we got sued for talking about it right now. We ain't got no money. Leave us alone, bitch. I don't got shit. I'm gonna keep it real. (laughs) You can have this dollar in my pocket. You know, just on top of the toxic work environment, this man was greedy. He went out of his way to nickel and dime his fan base at every opportunity that he did. Oh yeah, I feel like they get cheated. The state of the team, with that stadium that they're in right now, is complete dog water. Yeah, like I, how many people get injured on Washington's field, FedEx field? Their fans were getting injured. The guardrails fell off, and Jalen Hurts looked down like, "Oh, the fans are with us." Like <laughs> this, this team has been so terrible because of him. Like now they're trying to get a new stadium and stuff. I feel like. They have more success at getting a new stadium when they get new ownership mm-hmm. instead of with him because he's just made it a living hell. Like he's like, this is my team. I'm gonna do what I want with it, and it, you're paying for it. Like they they need definitely need new ownership, and I'm glad that it's happening. Um, so keep in mind, all this is covered. This is pretty much on the field stuff. All this is covered before we even get to the sexual assault allegations of what was going on inside the Redskins. No, 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 no. Inside the Washington Commanders. Keep in mind, this is all allegations. I don't know if anything's been proven. We're just talking about it. This man got put on blast, got exposed for having his cheerleaders do forced topless shoots. Like there was text messages to female employees. Heinous shit. Oh, this is wild. Like, this ain't the Playboy Mansion. Like, no. What you, what you doing, this my is boy? A, this is a professional multi-billion dollar, you know, organization. Exactly. And there used to be tapes that were filmed. The no-no of, tapes. Of, of, of the no-no tapes. And they used to call them, to my understanding, the good bits. Where it was, you know, some pretty explicit stuff of female employees or cheerleaders. But when you have your friends up in the front office with you, I'm sure y'all are just kicking back, putting the tape on. What is the cancel culture after this? <laughs> Did I, I I missed out on this? Where, oh, that's where has the cancel culture been for this? <laughs> I mean, that's because cancel culture just it picks and chooses what it wants. Y'all can try to cancel us, y'all ain't gonna stop us ever. See y'all know. We ain't going nowhere. <laughs> we ain't going nowhere. And we circle back to the whole the whole name change, the Washington Redskins to the Washington football team to the Washington Commanders. They could have stayed the football team. I'd have been. I mean, yeah. I think, honestly, it's kind of irrelevant to the conversation. My, 
My biggest problem with that was, you go back to 2013, he's quoted as saying, you can put it in caps, we are never changing the name, ever. After decades of protest, his fan base made it clear, like, hey, oh, this, what the fuck are you doing? Your times change. You know, there's stuff that was acceptable Back then. Back that's then, not that's not acceptable now. now. Yeah, you grew up a Redskins fan. But that's obviously become offensive to a huge fucking portion of the population. Exactly. As times change, you got to change too. Mm-hmm. And if not, you're going to get swept up. You're going to be looked at in a bad light. This is a completely unrelated topic, but it circles back around into the same track. If you don't change, you're going to be looked at horribly. If you go back and look, do you know the Candy Sugar Babies? Yeah. Back in the day, those were called a completely different name. I believe it. <laughs> Obviously, they, they changed it with time. But people don't talk about that. Oh, yeah. They don't talk about a lot of things. Yeah, they talk about a lot of things. They, I mean, they don't talk about that. That just shows if you adapt with the culture, the culture will be more accepting of you. Exactly. And if you don't adapt, you might as well pack up your bags. Cause... And what, what pissed me off even more is he didn't budge on that until Pepsi... And FedEx said, if you don't change the name, we're going to pull our sponsorships from your team. Then he was worried about it. Because it had to do with his money. That's the reason why. In the press release about changing the name, about how they decided they were finally going to do it, who did he decide to list first? His sponsors. Before his fans, before his employees, anybody else, his sponsors. He, He doesn't care about his players, his fan base. And I'm pretty sure once this is all said and done, the Washington fans are going to be happy and free. Mm-hmm. I think you'll see more people in the seats. It's just going to be interesting how long this is going to take. Hopefully it's sooner than later. Yeah, I hope it is. Washington deserves a fresh start. They do. They've, they've gone through a lot of a lot of bad times. Yeah, man. You know, with, a, with the owner that nickel and dimes and sues everybody, bruh. And they have a great up-and-coming team now, so this is the time to do it. Get rid of him, start over, and keep continue to build your team. Mm-hmm. Dan Snyder, that man was so cheap. There's stories of him buying year-old peanuts to sell at the game from a, an airline company that had been out of business for over a year, and he's serving that to his fan base. He's the first owner to charge fans to go to training camp. Wow. Yeah, he, he was the first one to roll that that one out. I don't know if it's been done since. I'll say it now. If the Broncos charge, there's going to be an issue. Yeah, there's going to be some major issues. A lot, um, of, a lot of fans are going to be very upset. I'll tell you that now. And this one got me. This one got me bad. So 2008, right? In the middle of a recession, people are losing their houses. Obama! <laughs> Obama, yes, hope. <laughs> um, hope. I'm Barack Obama. Yeah, yeah. I approve this message. <laughs> yeah, people are losing their houses. People are going through a really tough financial time. You know, a lot happening in that time. Banks making loans that they had no business making. And the whole economy goes upside down. Obviously, that's going to affect your fan base. Obviously, that's going to affect your ticket sales. What does Dan Snyder do? He turns around and sues the season ticket holders that are no longer able to pay for their tickets. Oh, yeah, he Mr. Petty, Dan gon' Dan. Y'all hear that? Dan's gon' Dan. do what Dan gotta do. <laughs> this man got all the money in the world, and Dan gon' do what Dan gotta do. What a... Oh, he is so petty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, including, you know, like, there was a story that specifically made the news. It was like a, a 70-year-old woman who worked as a real estate agent. Obviously, real estate, during the 2008 times, is probably the worst industry to be in. Oh, yeah. And... 
so she reached out to the Redskins and was like, hey, can I waive my tickets this year? And she got served papers back. Dan gone Dan. Dan is gone Dan. And, man, and this it gets me even more mad talking about it. The fact that this motherfucker just got paid $6 million for his franchise. Dan gone Dan. Dan oh, is gone Dan. man. This got to be the most pettiest man on earth that I know. Oh, this is crazy. See, the... Just learning about this. Oh, bad. Yeah, the team got to hurry up and get sold. Yeah, <laughs> for, it's for the best. Okay, and there's there's a there's another little wrinkle in here. I want to get your reaction on. So when all the sexual harassment allegations started coming out in Washington, there was a specific newspaper that reported it, and it was the Washington Post. We'll circle back to that here in a second. Now that they're selling the team, one of the people consider that was considering buying and even got a group together to explore it. Jeff Bezos. Amazon. Amazon, exactly. Prime. So, Washington Post, the newspaper that reported the article about all the sexual harassment going on in Washington, is owned by Jeff Bezos. <laughs> so He said, I got something for your ass. Watch this news article. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's owned by Jeff Bezos. And uh, since it's owned by Jeff Bezos, rumor is Dan Snyder refused to sell it to him. He said, fuck no. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, Petty Dan Snyder. Dan gone Dan. Dan's gone Dan. Man, it just, it, I, I, honestly, this is just scratching the surface. There is so much that happened in his 24 years of running the Washington Commanders that we would not be able to have time to sit and break it all down. But just know there's a lot of scumbags in this world. Especially if your name is Dan. Last name Schneider. And you used to own the Washington Commanders. Like, there's... Dan going Dan. Dan's going Dan. But, you know, I'm past calling him a scumbag, man. Honestly, I'm going to lean into that he's a piece of shit. I'm going to lean hard into that. I said we get some Dan's going to Dan merch. Dan's going to Dan merch. Nah, he, he might sue us for it, so never mind. Cut that out. <laughs> I mean, if we do, we got to sell it red and yellow and uh, market it in the Washington, D.C. area. I'm give sure him, they would Give him a that. little fake mustache and everything. <laughs> well, I don't know. He's getting older now. That uh, that white beard is starting to pop out a little bit on Oh, him, we'll man. give him a unibrow. Yeah. But, like, that's not you. That's Daniel. That is Dante Snyder. That's Dante. Dante. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, I'm just – I'm happy they're moving on. Washington, I, I – I send happy vibes y'all way, man. Y'all have suffered for too long. Well, all right, Rico. I think we have had a great episode today. A lot of discussions, a lot going on in the world of sports, and I'm glad that we're able to be sitting sitting down and talking about it and to be able to have this conversation in these crazy times. It's beautiful, man. Very enjoyable. I love it. I live for it. To all my listeners out there. Just don't be like Dan. You don't, know. don't be like Dan. Don't be like Dan. <laughs> don't be like dickhead Dan. Dan's gonna Dan, but be like somebody else. Yeah. Be, oh no. Don't don't be like somebody else. Be yourself. Facts. Be yourself. Honestly, at the end of the day, be yourself because don't try to be nobody else. Be yourself because people are gonna appreciate you more for you being you. Mm-hmm. That's facts. Well, Rico. I appreciate you coming through and us sitting down, being able to have the discussions that we've had today. Um, Siren Sports, man, it's a real thing. We're going to do this motherfucker every week. Episode two done now. Episode three on the way. That's right. Stay tuned. Episode three on the way. Rico, you want to plug your social medias for the folks? Follow me on that young Instagram at Father Juice. F-A-T-H-A Juice. Okay? Because I know some of y'all probably can't spell father but follow me on the gram you know follow me on tiktok at the same thing uh yeah 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, I'm on, you know, Instagram and TikTok is Town5280. If you want to make sure and follow Siren Sports on all social medias, we are at Siren Sports Pod. TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to that channel, man. Subscribe. If you, you want to watch uh, watch the video, video will be dropping exclusively on YouTube. And, man, I'm happy to announce we are officially live on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on anywhere you get your podcast. Look up Cyber Sports. We right there in that bitch. Let them know. Hey, I go by the name of town. Cross from me is Rico. We are Siren Sports, and we are out this bitch. Catch y'all next week. Siren Sports is part of the Imprint Media Network.